Welcome, everyone, to the Brand It Podcast, where we explore great leadership and iconic brands. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with co-host David Morrow. Each episode, we will explore brand stories and interview leadership of phenomenal brands. Our goal is to make this podcast one that we ourselves want to listen to, and we will include brand culture trivia to make the experience fun and engaging for everyone involved. So let's begin. I'm your host, David Morrow, and in the studio today is my host, my co-host, my illustrious, always positive co-host, Mark Mosher. Mark, how are you today? I'm wonderful. Broadcasting live from our mobile studio in St. Louis. You are from in between. You're you're from St. Louis today. Wow. Big Uh, traveler. Even in COVID, you know, when you're protecting brands, there is no geographical limit, is there? Nope. I double mask, get vaxxed, and I, I go out and do what I need to do. That's right. We double mask <laughs> and we get out on the road is what we do. That's great, That's buddy. Right. So uh, with us today is a very special guest, uh, Alicia Butler-Pierre. And uh, welcome, Alicia. Thank you. Thank you, David and Mark. How are you guys? Absolutely. We're doing well. Wonderful. So we are, we are excited to, uh, to, to speak with you today. Um, let's just start from the top, kind of let everybody know kind of who you are, let us know about your mission, your organization, and, and we'll go from there. Okay, well, I, let's see, where shall I begin? I, I'm Alicia, and I, have, I own a company, Equilibria, founded mm-hmm. back in 2005, so been in business for 16 years. Oh, oh my that's gosh. great. And you founded it right before the crash. So that's I sure did. I sure did. And it's still did. going. It's still yes, going, so. through uh, some creative ingenuity. Yes. <laughs> and navigating, you know, challenges like that. So what I, what I do, Mark and David, is I create business infrastructure for fast-growing small businesses so that they can scale with less pain. And cybersecurity and brand protection is definitely a part of building a solid foundation where you can continue to expand your company in a profitable, sustainable, and repeatable way. So that's a little bit about me and yeah. what I do. Oh, I think we're I think we're cut from the same cloth. That's great. Yeah. So you are, real quick. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, Mark. Go ahead. I, I didn't mean to speak. No, I wanted to make sure we got her website out uh, right away, so the listeners can immediately start flooding her website. Uh, yep. What is the website? So my my company's website is eqbsystems.com. And it's so, Equilibria Inc. Correct. So a lot of people cool. uh, have trouble spelling out the word Equilibria. So that's why the website is just, you know what, instead of spelling out Equilibria, just put type in E-Q-B, like boy, and then the word systems.com. And you will see all of the stuff that my team and I are up to. That's great. And you also have a podcast. I sure do. So and that's I business do. infrastructure. Yes. And it's a weekly podcast. I've been podcasting now for close to three years. Wow. I absolutely love it. 
it it's has, fun, isn't it? Yes, it is. And you know, you get to meet so many great people, yeah. but it's also yet another way of getting the information out to small business owners who are in a situation where they're, they're growing so fast that they almost run the risk of implosion. Yep, absolutely. Right. And they need that, that fabric, those theoretical frameworks in which to kind of build upon, don't they? Absolutely. Otherwise, it could be disastrous. That's great. And, you know, looking at your background, you also have you have a book or a series of writings called Behind the Facade, How to Structure Company Operations for Sustainable Success. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So my book is is a true how to book. So for companies, smaller companies that are experiencing growing pains and they have no idea where to turn. And I, I should first say this, David, when us small business owners find ourselves in this conundrum where we're growing so quickly and we're trying to keep up with the demand for our products and services, oftentimes when we go and, and seek help and support, we run into one of two issues. One, we find that the support is either reserved for manufacturing companies or two, that support is reserved for the much larger organizations. And so where do you go when you're, you're not quite mid-sized yet and you definitely aren't a large enterprise, but you're right on the cusp of, of taking your business, let's say from that small size to a mid-size, where do you go for help? How do you actually structure and systems and processes in place? And that's what this book is all about. It literally provides a blueprint from A to Z on what you can do. But rather than it just being told in a really boring, <laughs> mundane format, it's actually told through the use of stories. So most oh, of the yeah, that's most great. of the chapters feature a different entrepreneur and, and all of these stories are loosely based off of several clients that I've worked with over the past 16 years. So if it seems really lifelike uh, and very relatable as you're reading the book, that's why each character is, is really a composite of, let's say maybe somewhere between four to six different clients that I've may have worked with. That's fantastic. So let me ask you what, what, what inspire you to, to develop this model? Like, what is it, was there a, person when you were growing up? Was there a life-changing event? Something like that. Well, um, I certainly didn't go to school for this <laughs> uh, because business infrastructure, most people, you know, don't even know what the heck it is, which, which can be a blessing and a curse in and of itself. But my background is actually in chemical engineering. And it's funny because I was on a, someone interviewed me a couple of years ago asking, you know, how did you even get to the point of becoming an engineer? And I thought about it and I said, you know, I guess I was always in a very structured, very organized environment. My dad was in the Air Force, so there was that military <laughs> component. Uh, you know, my sister and I always had to make up our beds military Got style. It. Got it. Uh, so there, that's significant. Yeah, right? yeah. And, um, you know, again, I didn't, I didn't connect those dots, David and Mark, until until I was asked that question and I thought about it and I said, well, you know what, I, I guess I always kind of grew up 
in a, in a situation where, you know, everything was methodical. Uh, I remember watching both of my grandmothers growing up. They, they just had these routines and they, they kind of never missed a beat. And I also went to private Catholic school growing up. So the nuns, uh, they were you and very, me both. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> very formulaic, there very you methodical. Go. You, you, there you, know you you're go. getting right. And so, yeah. uh, and then, you know, once I became an engineer, all of that just kind of combined together. And That's to great. answer your question, <laughs> to answer your question about, you know, well, how did you get to where you are? You know, what you're doing now, Alicia, when I, when I knew that I didn't, for sure did not want to work as a, an engineer that was always confined to being in a chemical plant Correct. or an oil yeah. refinery. Exactly. I knew I, you know, there was, there were other careers where I could definitely leverage my engineering skills. Yeah. So I decided to relocate from, I was living in New Orleans at the time. I'm from Louisiana originally. Oh, cool. And I relocated to where I am now, Atlanta, Georgia, knew one person when I moved here and I came here Mark and David looking for a job. I thought, you know what? I have this engineering background. I had just, you know, graduated from business school. I had an MBA. Who wouldn't want to hire me, right? Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be young again. <laughs> I know, right? Young, naive, and, and very, <laughs> very unaware. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there were the, the competition was was stiff and fierce, as I assume it didn't take long to figure that out at all. And so I would say after about a good two months of what seemed to be endless, fruitless job searching, I decided to redirect that time, effort, and energy into creating my own business around my natural skills, talents, and abilities. And again, looking at the skills that I acquired being an, an engineer, looking at the way that I grew up, you know, home life versus school life and, and that environment, I was always very good at organizing. Mm. And so it, it was, it wasn't, I was always successful at any job that I had, Mark and David, not because I was the smartest person in the room, but because I was very organized. And I thought, okay, well, you know what? I'm gonna build a business around this. And over time, it shifted from professional organizing to business infrastructure. So talking about, you know, helping people figure out the people, the processes and the tools and technologies that they need to, to again, build a solid foundation from which they can continue to scale in a sustainable way. That's excellent. That's excellent. So if you had to give some advice to younger workers, millennials, Gen Z, whatever you, whatever group, right? Mm -hmm. Someone that was starting out, someone that doesn't have 16 years in owning their own business. Um, what bubbles to the top? Oh gosh, if they want to start their own business, Actually, there are a couple of things that bubble up to the top. Number one, don't compare yourself to others, as tempting yeah, as hard, it may be. I know, hard. I know. Especially I for know. people like Mark Mosier, who are always like, <laughs> who's an aggressive. Everything's a competition. <laughs> yeah, he's an aggressive salesperson. He like judges himself. See, when we golf, I look at life almost like golf, and I'm not a golfer, but I look at life very much like a golf game, right? Like. Like you just work on, like if I shoot a 95, 
that would be a great day for me because I'm usually pretty terrible, right? Whereas somebody that is really good, they, they would be upset with themselves for, for shooting them. So to me, it's all about self-improvement. Like it's about what you do to improve yourself today compared to yourself yesterday, mm. not compared to however, how other people in the foursome are golfing, right? Because they right. could have been playing for 30 years, or they could have had different opportunities, different restrictions. You you never know. But uh, so so that's how you kind of judge whether you're having a good golf day. Or not. Does that make sense? That makes sense to me. And and you know it's it's especially tough, you know, considering the proliferation of social media, and especially mm-hmm. with you know that that young those younger generations that you just mentioned, the millennials, the Gen Gen Z, they've grown up with that. Right. And it's very difficult to to distinguish be- from, you know, reality versus uh, <laughs> what right. isn't reality. You know what I mean? So so that's definitely number one piece of advice. And, and not to take a dark turn on this conversation, but I, I just I'm always just so incredibly alarmed and heartbroken when I read these stories about the rises in suicide rates it's you know i'm I'm, you know i'm talking kids as young as five years old Mm. um you know it's like how do you even know that that's that that's a thing well what's really interesting is on this podcast while we talk about brands and we talk about culture Mm. there has been a recurring theme among our guests and it's about mental health almost every one of our guests brings it up because Mm. It's like, why does a good culture matter? If we could just beat our employees into submission, it would be fine, except that it harms mental health, right? And it, and it gets, and when people don't feel healthy mentally, they leave. And it's not a good business model to lose employees, right? Absolutely. So whenever I'm in meetings and I hear managers like, well, let's just get rid of them and let's just do this. And I'm like, what are you thinking? Like, do you know how long it takes us to find good people to train mm-hmm. them all of that time why do we want to get rid of people when we're not doing our job as managers as leaders right correct so I, i'm so glad you said that david because i have a i have a saying blame the process before you blame the people yeah a lot of times it's it's very it's 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 an easy cop out honestly mm-hmm. And we, you know, we can't expect for people to be telepathic and read our minds and automatically know what the expectations of them are unless we actually document it. Now, if you've documented something and you've actually trained a person on that process and they know what the expectations are, yes, that's a different conversation, obviously. But if you have not taken the time as a leader, as a manager, as a director to do that, you absolutely have to look at yourself first and the lack of documentation that that may exist. Absolutely. That's 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 excellent. So, you know, one thing that we do here on Brandology is we play brand culture trip. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you, so, uh, you know, I know that Mark is in our mobile studios. Mark, you're still able to hear us, though, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, we've got the team has got a great connection. Okay, so are you op- are you up for having a little brand culture? Yes, training? yes, let's okay. see. <laughs> so let me. 
I listen yes. to the show, so I'm aware of this segment. I'm very no, familiar no. with my favorite guest, Alicia. That going, is up, fantastic. going up against a chemical engineer that's successfully run a business for 16 years that well, has already given me like three life pointers in the last, I don't know, 15 minutes that I really take to heart. Well, and hey. you expect me to be competitive. I will. I will. Yeah, well, I mean... Considering how well you do in this game, Mark, I think it'll be a I think it'll be a great game. I think the most you've ever gotten is two points, you know, out of the three, um, and that was like a runaway game. I think you were just in an angry mood. I don't know what happened, Ooh. but uh, yeah, I don't know a guy who really I don't know if he just he, he grew up with his granddad and he he, he likes things like really antiquated. I don't think the guy has a TV. Do you have a TV, Mark? Do you know what uh, it is and stuff? All right. Okay. Wait, Mark's no. an IT consultant, right? He is, <laughs> but not an AV consultant. He's okay. not an audiovisual. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is true. All right, so I'm going to play the intro, and then we will uh, get right to it. So okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome, everyone, to Brand Culture Trivia, where the points don't matter, but the brand does. In this segment, we play a trivia game against our guest. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with my co-host, David Morrow. David, tell us about the rules and the awesome prizes. Absolutely. The rules are as follows. You get to guess as fast as you can. You get as many answers as you want, and the first one to give the right answer wins a point. The first contestant to three points wins the game. What do you get if you win? Glad you asked. You get 14,684 Brandology bucks. What is that worth? Those are absolutely worthless. But we might send you a sticker for playing. So let's get started with Brand Culture Trivia. David, why don't you spin the wheel of trivia and see what our first question is? All right, here I go. It is a heavy, heavy wheel. And there we go. See how simple that was. All right. Anybody have questions? Do we all know the nature of the game? Like, for example, example, I'm going to give a company slogan. You're going to say the brand or product name. For example, if I say, just do it, you'll say Nike. See? Right? If I Mm -hmm. say Breakfast of Champions, you'd say... Marlboro. Marlboro. Breakfast okay. of Champions. So, way to go, Mark. <laughs> it would be Wheaties, which is actually healthy food for breakfast, I assume. Sure, it's processed, but anyway. All right, so question number one. Uh, where do we go? Where do we start? There's so many good ones. All right. Bet you can't eat just one. Ooh, Oreos? Snickers. Close, close. Keep going. You can uh, guess Oreos. as much as you want. Guess as Pringles. fast as you want. Reese's Pieces. No. Nope. Cheetos. Oh, Skittles. <laughs> Skittles. It's not Give candy. Give me the point. It's not candy. Oh, can't eat Have you ever candy. eaten one Skittle? It's absolutely no. impossible. Yes. I know. Absolutely I know. great, but you are not in the marketing department of this company, Mark. <laughs> you are not part of the marketing yeah, department, obviously, because it's not Skittles. And it's not Pringles? Not no, it's not Pringles. It's close. Um, Lay's potatoes. Yes, Lay's. Alicia, with the point. And you All know right. what made me think of that? Because I developed 
a very terrible addiction to limon flavor lemon so basically lemon flavor no lime flavored excuse me lays potato chips last year during lockdown oh. and gained about uh, 15 pounds and uh, oh, yeah. it was horrible <laughs> now, now i'm in a 12-step recovery program to get away exactly. from exactly exactly <laughs> mark and i uh, wow. like, after several months of it we started looking at like health club equipment we get shipped in we're like we just i got tired of buying bigger suits we're like this is ridiculous you know this when sweatpants don't fit life is bad oh right? yeah yeah, that's yeah. Fact. So, all right okay let's keep going it is one to nothing come on mark come on uh, I almost had get that it one. together man get it together all right here it is what's in your wallet Oh, American Express. Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, MasterCard. No, it's not Diners Visa. Club. Nope, not Diners Club. Visa. It's not 1940. Nope, Visa. not Visa. MasterCard. Uh, Capital One. Oh, no. Capital cover. One. Samuel Alicia. L. Jackson. Oh, Is that oh, what Lord. Samuel L. Jackson? Those commercials? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And, um, and Jennifer Gardner. Jennifer Gardner. Okay, yep. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, all right, it is 2 nothing. This is the part of the game in which I do some fundamental math. Mark, if you had 100,000 times as many points as you have right now, she'd still be winning. <laughs> oh, it hurts because it's true. It is nothing. Ouch. Okay. <laughs> All right, now here's the here pressure. Is, here is one. Here is one. Shave time, shave money. The uh, shave the, dollar uh, club? Shave club. Shave club. Uh, wait, wait. You know what? You both said it, and you both said it wrong. So oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna strike that question. Okay. It's Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club. Uh, oh. Not that I not that I'm trying to be a grammar Nazi, but no, you know, no, I just you think that to, you gotta like say the brand right, otherwise it's like I know Donald Max instead yeah. of McDonald's, and they're like, that's not a company. So, <laughs> all right. All right. Let's see what we can do. Um, here's one. This is a good one. Right now, it's still two to, two to nothing, by the way. So you're all saying for freedom, freedom for all. All for freedom, freedom for all. Is this a person? Can a brand be a person? It can be, but it's not. Okay. Freedom for all. Uh, South, Southwest Airlines. No, but that's actually not a bad guess. It's a very similar right. brand, but not in the very transportation, not in the airline industry. Freedom Spirit Airlines. Not, oh. not in the airline industry. Not. N-O-T means not in the airline industry. So if it wasn't Southwest Airmark, it's also not spirited. So don't guess United next. So, that was freedom, my next freedom. Uh, Okay, American flag. Freedom for all. Come on. All for freedom. Uh, Wrangler. <laughs> Lee. <laughs> Levi. Levi's. He said who's it's in a similar mean? space as transportation. Freedom. Who's freedom. who's riding a pair of jeans to work? Freedom right? fries. Like it'd be cool. Freedom fries. It'd be a cool thing. Um, fries. French fries. McDonald's. <laughs> all for freedom. Freedom for all. Oh, I don't know that one. All for freedom. Freedom. Yeah, freedom. I'm gonna have to raise the red white flag. Yeah. On that uh, one. Yeah. You know. Now, Alicia, I understand that you didn't get this, but Mark Mosher should have got this because this was on a prior episode, although it's been several months. 
Um, this oh, brand. Oh, Spreeze. Spreeze, the, the moped. No, no. Yeah. And that was yeah. never on a prior episode. Oh. This is the Brandology Podcast, Mark. Wow. I'm David Morrow. I work with you. I'm just <laughs> introducing you. So um, it's it's Harley Davidson. Oh, oh freedom so it is in the transportation space. Yeah. But uh, not, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, here we go. Next one. The snack that smiles back. The snack that Goldfish. smiles back. Oh, I just, Mark saw, I, just, I just saw that commercial like two nights ago. He knows his like, snack foods. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't really watch TV programming. I just watch the commercials. I would not Game have on. guessed that one. Game on. <laughs> it's two to one. He has a chance. All right. Here we go. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's... Maybelline. Oh, it's over. This oh, game I didn't even have a chance. <laughs> Close the window. That Close was like window. quick draw. Shut the door. Wow. Close the windows. Congratulations, wow. Alicia. You are the winner of 14864 Brandology Woo! Bucks. Wow. Woo-hoo! And once we get this e-commerce site, we've, we've got our guys working on it. And it is very Oh, hard. yeah. Once it's up, then you can spend those. Oh, yeah. But you have to transfer them to an offshore account in Bitcoin. Then you can yeah. <laughs> But I'm telling you, we've got a bunch of There's a lot of Oh, yeah. That e-commerce catalog. Woo! Oh, yeah. It's going to be really, really cool. All right. So let's get back to the interview. Thank you for that game. Congratulations. Oh, that was fun. That was a you're lot going of fun. Up, you're on our wall yeah, of fame. Because you won. <laughs> yeah, you're on our wall of fame. So that's good. So let me ask you, do you, you know, Jim Collins, the author of Good to, Good to Great and mm-hmm. Built to Last, you mm-hmm. know, talks about BHAG, you know, that big, hairy, audacious goal. Like, yes. if time and money aren't an obstacle, what do you want to accomplish in life? What What would be your BHAG? I would love to get my software off the ground okay. That and eventually sell my company. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. that that is that is the end game for me. That is the big, hairy, audacious goal for me. Um, what what can you explain the software? Sure. So it's it's right now I have a framework, which, mm-hmm. as we talked about, you can learn how to implement by buying the book. But mm-hmm. there's a software based on this framework. And that's what's truly going to make it accessible to people around the world. So because let me ask my, you, do you, have, mm-hmm. do you have a mobile app? We do not have a mobile app. We have a prototype. Would you prototype. like to talk about having a mobile app? We can. We can <laughs> because we can, that is the, like, that's the one thing I do. We I can, develop, we can, we need I, to I have that conversation, David. So I apologize for bringing this up on the podcast. <laughs> It's really, really exciting. Shameless plug. Yeah, I love it. That really was. I apologize. For it. But I mean, mobile apps are really, that's the way to create mass market appeal if you're going yes. straight to consumer. Obviously, if you're doing business to business, mobile apps serve a purpose, but it's more like a nice to have. It's not really needed. But if you're going business to consumer, you know, they're kind of important. 
Mm-hmm. But but hey, let me ask, how, how far along are you in the development of the, the so software? Is this that's what I was something about, in yeah. beta? Or are you getting ready to roll it out? Where do it's, you stand? It's, it's in beta. We have a working prototype. And as I'm, I know you all can appreciate, and I'm sure your listeners can appreciate this as well, you know, the tech game is, it's, it's something else. Uh, it requires a lot of capital. And yeah. so that is, that has been the hurdle that we've been trying to work around, honestly, for the past several years. So the great thing about COVID is that it accelerated our push and, and our marketing of this software's potential because before when we would tell people about it, honestly, pre-COVID, there were mixed reactions. Some people mm. didn't understand. Well, why would you do that? Why would you want it? They, did, they don't understand, you know, the whole concept of software as a service. But right, now yep. that I think so many of us were forced to leverage digital technologies last year that we may not have ever imagined ourselves using, more and more people are receptive to the idea now. And so we're hoping that we can get something. We ho- we're hoping that we can have a full working prototype before the end of 2021. That's fantastic. So, and is it, where's it gonna, where's it gonna rest and what do you envision it doing for people? So, Meaning like, so here's, for? like, let's, yes. you know, like paint a picture for the listener. Sure, absolutely. And, and that's a great question. It's, it's, again, it's for that small business owner that's listening right now Mm-hmm. that recognizes that their growth, they have a fast growth challenge. I won't say a problem, it's a challenge. And they recognize that unless they increase their ability, their capacity, or their bandwidth, they won't be able to meet the demand, the rising demand for their products and services. So that almost always means investing in either people or technologies first, okay? Mm-hmm. But they need to, before you start to bring people on or before you start to invest in that next piece of shiny technology, you have to have a really good idea of what work needs to be performed. So this software, again, it's taking you through this, this framework that I've created for developing business infrastructure, which I call Kasinu, by the way. And it's, it's composed of seven elements. And it's, there's a gamification piece to it. But at the, mm. by going through the, the game, gaming elements of this software, here's, here's what you will have. Uh, here are the, the outputs. You are going to have much more succinct job descriptions. You're going to know what your company looks like on the inside from a department standpoint and all of the different roles and positions in your company, not just the people who are currently a part of your team, but the people that you need to hire within the next year, three years, and five years. So you're going to have a very well-defined organizational chart. You're also going to know, and I know this this might make uh, your, you, you know, both of your ears, you know, your sets of ears perk up here. And that is that records management piece. So physical right. records as well as digital records. But as we all know, when you start talking about digitizing all of your records or storing things as, elect, as you know, electronic, as, as much as you can in an electronic format, you have to have that cybersecurity piece in place. So we talk about all of those different things. We also talk about 
what's the optimal layout for your workspace? Even if you are just in one room, what is the optimal layout to ensure that you are working as efficiently and as productively as possible? And then the last couple of components have to do with actually identifying what processes you need to have in, documented in your company, as well as actually getting them documented. So it's a very complete system. It literally links together all of these fragmented pieces that most business owners have somewhat in place, but it's not brought together into a cohesive foundational framework upon which they can continue to build and expand. And that's what this software will, will ultimately give you. That's fantastic. So it's expected in fall, you think? Fingers crossed. I, I would say more realistically, probably the first quarter of 2022. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, we well, all eyes will be on it. We will uh, definitely be Absolutely. definitely be, be, be paying attention. And we will have Thank a link you. to your site and your information in uh in the story of this podcast and uh alicia thank you so much we really really appreciate your time today it was really fun oh thank you so much you you, you guys are a lot of fun <laughs> yeah i may have to request a rematch at some time i know you're busy but <laughs> hey i'm i'm up for it anytime just we, let me know we when and where have a, we have to have a one-off yeah <laughs> and yet somehow i don't think the end result will be any different <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Hey, everyone. Mark and I are really grateful you guys listen and download. We're trying to make this season even better with brand stories and cool interviews with uh, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and things from behind the scenes that we just can't find anywhere else. We're trying to make this something we ourselves enjoy listening to. Do us a favor. Please leave us a review. When you go into Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, just shoot us a review. That really matters, and it helps us keep this going. Again, thanks for listening. Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe. Turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening.